Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to Apparently Speaking, your podcast for all things parenting. Bullying and cyberbullying are on the rise. Face-to-face interpersonal skills are declining. Narcissism is increasing. Not only do studies show these distressing facts to be true, but we see them in the news and in our own lives. My guest today, Lynn Azarki, has the answer to these growing problems, teaching our children empathy. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. This episode is also sponsored by Ohio Tuition Trust, helping Ohioans save for college. Learn more at collegeadvantage.com. Lynn Azarki, author of The Empathy Advantage, is executive director of Kidsbridge Tolerance Center outside of Trenton, New Jersey, a nonprofit organization dedicated to fostering bullying prevention, anti-bias, diversity appreciation, empathy, and empowerment strategies for youth. She's a tireless advocate for improving the lives of at-risk youth in communities across New Jersey. Kidsbridge helps more than 2,500 preschool, elementary, and middle school students and and educators improve their social-emotional skills each year. Azarki has won many awards, and her articles have been published both in newspapers and academic journals. She's a frequent speaker to parent and teacher groups, corporations, and major educational conferences. So welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for inviting me, and thanks for being interested in empathy. Yes, I think it is really such an important, uh, you know, skill to to know. I call it a skill, you know, because I kind of would categorize it that way. I think it's just really important, obviously, for adults and kids. So it would start, you know, when you're younger, I would hope. And I think I do agree with something with that is kind of decreasing. And all these other things are increasing, you know, bullying, cyberbullying. That's not coincidental, then, you know, there is that tie there with empathy, with empathy. So I just think it's really important. Thank you for recognizing that. So um, I've been director of Kids Bridge Tolerance Center, teaching uh, children from all over New Jersey. And about 15 years ago, I had an epiphany that empathy really was the foundation, that it was undervalued, it wasn't being taught, and that it could be taught. So there was very little research at that time. And then Um, you know, in conversations with my peers and colleagues, they said, oh, empathy can't be taught. It can't be taught. So uh, we, you know, we have kids who come into, you have to put COVID to the side before COVID. Kids would come into the Tolerance Center. We would go into classrooms pre and post uh, measurements of empathy and some other attitudes and behaviors, good stuff like stereotype knowledge and empowerment, but focusing on empathy, could it be taught? So I had to measure it, right? I can't just think I can do it. So we successfully measured it. And here is my message to parents and caregivers and even teachers. Empathy can be taught. It can be absorbed by youth. Parents and teachers can teach it. And it's never too early to start. And you can make it fun. You know, this is not a burden. This is this this is an interactive face to face, which you should be doing with your kids anyway, right? Right. And I love that you're really emphasizing that it can be taught. So it's not just like, well, my kid's just that way. They're mold. They they're just not very, you know, sensitive or you know whatever. You might be able to just kind of try to pass it off as it's like, well, okay, if you if you think they're that way, you 
can teach them empathy. And like you said, it's never too early. And yeah, it's things that you kind of should be doing anyway. And as I mentioned to you earlier, before we started recording, I'm just talking about this probably every episode. So but modeling is so important. So I think that your kids will see, can see that hopefully in you, if you are showing empathy uh, and, the, and then they, that's how they're going to learn it a lot through modeling. Do you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, role modeling really, really important. The other, the other benefits with empathy are that when you teach something, you become very familiar and expert in it, and so the it provides the benefits of of empathy for yourself as an adult, and maybe you know for your family, uh, your your spouse or significant other. So it really benefits the whole uh, you know family unit. The other thing I just want to back up on is. Yes, nature versus nurture. Yes, kids are are born with this amount of empathy. It might be low, it might be medium, it might be high. But the point of the research I've done in this book is that you can increase it, you can enhance it. And why bother? The benefits. So, you know, we're all focused on academics. Push academics to the side for a second. The benefits from research are amazing. Better people skills better interpersonal skills. Your kids will be better team members. They'll be more considerate in the house. And ultimately, it leads to better leadership for your kids. So what's not to like about that, right? Right, exactly. All positive benefits, you know, for sure. Um, I like that you have, it's so much, you know, it's based on so much research. So, you know, if you're listening, it's not just because, you know, Lynn thinks this is a good idea and so do I, but it, it is a good idea, but it's also based on research you share in your book. Yeah, absolutely. Everything we do in the Tolerance Center is research informed and evidence-based, which is a big fancy group of words for, you know, you have to evaluate and assess that your activities are working. So even, you know, of course, I'm hoping people buy my book, it will help them on this path to achieve the empathy advantage. But also, what programs do they have in their schools? What social emotional programs do they have in the schools? If they don't know, find out, talk to other parents, meet with the counselor and make creating caring, kind respectful human beings part of of your schooling if it's not present currently yeah and i think you know just as you were talking i i think that parents would if we ask you know most parents would you want your child to you know be able to show empathy and feel yes i think everyone would probably say yes um but you know we have such a emphasis on academics athletics, whatever other activities or arts or whatever it is that your your kids are involved in, that's all great. But maybe some of this stuff just kind of just gets pushed to the side or not really thought of because we're focusing on all those other things. Yeah, I think it, it has been undervalued. So it, it's something that has to compete sadly with academics, with sports, with testing, you know, now now we teach to the test. And again, COVID makes this an extraordinary sad time with the social distancing, the quarantine, that kids are more isolated and more alone and maybe can't play with their friends. So, you know, walking in their show, shoes as a parent or an adult is a, a good thing to do. And they need to walk in your shows, shoes. You know, what adult today or teacher is not also increasingly stressed? So if you use empathy as a tool and a skill, 
it, it just we're we're kinder and listening, active listening, right, and really helping each other. And yeah. and COVID times really demand that today. Yeah, I think it's just conversations. You know, and I'm not saying this to say like I'm so great. It's just conversations that you can have with your kids. You know, um, one of my kids may come home and they're like, you know, frustrated with the teacher. This teacher said this or did this. And I think, you know, my first reaction is, you know, mama bear, like, oh, she shouldn't have talked to you like that. But I really right. try not to say that. I, I, you know, obviously it depends what it is, but if it's just something minor, I try to kind of flip it and say, you know, yeah, it probably wasn't, you know, maybe the, the best way to, to, for her, you know, say that or him, but you know what, I bet you every, you know, if, if everyone, she's probably asked everybody this, you know, same thing 10 times or, you know what, she, they have a lot, same thing with COVID, you know, especially right now, there's so much going on. They're probably stressed out trying to make sure they follow everything correctly. And so, you know, just how I get, sometimes I'll get snippy once in a while if I'm, you know, kind of on edge like that, that's probably what they're doing, you know, and, and so try to just, and then they usually go, yeah, yeah, you're right. I can see that, you know, and then they, their attitude changes. Well, what a wonderful tool, right? They're walking in the shoes of the challenges of teaching remotely for teachers, which is so much harder. But then if you're teaching them now, what a wonderful skill they're going to have for that next challenge or problem that they take a breath, right? And they think, what is going on in this person's life? It, it's it's so useful, so helpful. It is. And same with friends. You know, this friend, you know, did this or this person at school. Exactly. Friend or that friend. You know, yeah, well, you know what? We don't know what goes on at their home. And maybe they don't have, you know, this or that. Or they have different things going on. Or we don't know what kind of morning they had. So it doesn't mean allow, you know, there's that fine line, you know, I'm not, I don't want my kids to just, well, allow yourselves to be treated poorly. They're, you don't want that. But also, you know, just maybe you can let some things go if they're small or check on that person or just chalk it up to, you know, maybe there's something going on or like we said. So just showing those little ways of showing empathy. Exactly. What um, I want to talk about, you know, the link between, and you have this in your book, the link between rising screen time and the decrease in empathy. So what's the link there? Um, studies are measuring decreased empathy and what you said in the beginning, increased narcissism. So it's not hard to imagine that we're all on our phones too much and, and, right. and COVID being extraordinary times. But in my book, I have you know, other suggestions and activities to reduce screen time. Why? Because screen time means that they are all humans, not looking into the face of another human. So starting very young, the research is is sort of scary that um, parents increasingly, even before COVID, using um, media as babysitters. So with children as, as young as one or two years old, so that a child is not learning to recognize feelings um, in faces. So this is a real deficit. There's a feelings deficit that's growing that kids, you know, with this increasing electronics are not able to articulate feelings as well as they used to. What does this mean? So they know happy, they know sad, they know angry, they know frustrated, but the, the finer articulations of human beings like, hmm, you know, this person, you know, my message wasn't received as well. So this is a fundamental skill that children need as they grow up to be able to read people, right? So the, the problem with media is the decreasing uh, face-to-face skills. And then, you know, what is media like today? 
um, competitive, stab someone in the back, humiliate someone, you know, remove them from the room. I mean, even the model shows. So what, what do these shows teach your children? To be mean, to be competitive, to stab someone in the back. So here's here's some of my tips. And again, media analysis, media literacy is a growing field where we teach children to analyze and critically evaluate media. So these skills enable children to analyze what they're seeing on their own. So let me give you an example. You watch a scary movie in your house together as a family or an inappropriate, um, you know, reality show. So what I advise parents is if, if you're going to watch, and I'm not here to, to preach what parents should watch, although I think sometimes, you know, this stuff is scary. You turn the movie off even if it's over, and you discuss the impact of the media on your children. What do you think, did that scare you? Was it okay? Uh, Character A, when Johnny um, talked to Sally, did he do the right thing? Who did they exclude? Who did they leave out? Make Invite your children to walk in the shoes of the characters so they can process and discuss what they just saw. The same thing for little kids. When you read a book to your child at night, let's say reading time is a half an hour, read for 25 minutes, stop, and five minutes, discuss what happened in the story. What is your child thinking? How would they change the ending? What do they think of the... You see, there's a relationship of of discussing media face-to-face. This is what I'm encouraging parents and, and teachers to do. Yeah, I like that. It's great tips. Not just, you know, use it as babysitter, not just be passive, you know, viewers, but actually talk about it. You can put so many, you know, the empathy you can talk about, like you just said, how did that feel? What do you, what was the impact on you? Maybe, you know, what, what should that character have done or, you know, those kind of things. It's, it's just such a great, you know, another tool that doesn't require from parents, you know, a lot of time or thoughts, you know, it's just kind of natural. It just takes a few minutes after that. Like, like you say, if you're watching something on media, just takes a few minutes, not a lot of effort, but it can make a, a big impact. Yeah, it's not rocket science. I mean, I have questions in my book, but parents and, and teachers and caregivers can create their own questions or they can invite the kids to ask questions. You know, the kids can make up questions about empathy and feelings, you know? Um, you know, Taquan, give me an empathy question here, you know? Let, let, you know, it just invites creativity, imagination, and again, walking in the shoes of the characters in the media that you're watching or reading. Great tips. We're going to take a quick break here from our sponsor. We're going to come back and talk to you a lot more to talk about, um, about empathy with our kids. So we'll be right back. Hey, this is Miriam from Apparently Speaking. Join the Mazda family like I did at Montrose Mazda Kent. You'll love the selection of new and used cars and lease options. We are on our third car from Kent Mazda. We keep going back because of the ease of purchase, and it has been by far the best deal we could find each time. Montrose Mazda Kent, they go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. Okay, and we are back talking with Lynn Azarki, and we're talking about empathy, um, you know, instilling empathy in your kids. We talked about, you know, all of the research that you've done that shows it can be taught. And like you said, you know, we may, some kids are born with maybe 
greater natural amounts and some not as much, but it can be taught and you have the research to back that up. We talked about rising screen time and de the decrease in empathy. And yeah, you mentioned narcissism. So I'm gonna touch that just for a little bit longer. Um, you know, it's funny because that is the whole, the phones and the social media and everything and just the constant selfies and the constant posting. And we, want, we want to get likes and we want to get comments and we want to get followers and adults do the same thing, you know, and we, we all do that. You know, if you're on social media, we all do that, you know, for the same, you get that kind of high or whatever the benefit is. Um, and the kids, kids start very young with that. And so it's all about, you know, me, me, me and the narcissism. And so Obviously, that would not lend itself very well to being maybe that empathetic because um, you're thinking about yourself, you know, so much. And so, yeah, there'd definitely be that that um, correlation there for sure. Yeah, and there there is an intersection between empathy and cyberbullying, right? So that they see, for example, something mean on social media and there there's a hesitation. What do I do with this? Do I share it? Do I kill it? Do I ignore it? Or do I report it? Right? Because you know, when, when uh, you and I left school, Miriam at three, we were done, but cyberbullying is 24 seven and, uh, and kids very, very sadly become more anxious, more stressed, and some kids do harm to themselves. So it's so important for you to really have discussions about having your children analyze what they do when they see these mean, cruel, exclusionary things on social media. Social media is permanent um, and it can haunt some kids. I just read a story. I think it, yeah, I think it's in my book about um, a young man who was accepted to Princeton University and he's got involved with all these people posting nasty um, memes and uh, he was disinvited from matriculating at Princeton U. So Let's teach our children early how to deal with memes and uh, the kind of, uh, you know, cruel behavior and cruel expressions we have in, in cyberbullying. Start early, please. Yeah, and, and it is true. You know, it doesn't go away. And, and I know that a lot of the, the talk or the, the teaching on that may be geared, and again, this is more, you know, what we're talking about, the, the narcissistic side, but uh, you know, you shouldn't do these kind of things. Don't post things that you don't want to follow. You don't post things you don't want people to see because that could hurt you uh, for your your school or your job or whatever, you know, because everyone sees this and then it's all about you, 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 which those are important things and important skills for kids to know. But it's not really mentioning don't do those kind of things, you know, also to other because of the impact it's going to have on someone else. Right. And then pivoting to use empathy again, it, you know, with, I call it finger wagging, you know, don't do this, don't do that. It's more to use the empathy prompts, you know, how will, um, will Hamina feel if she wakes up in the morning and she sees everybody hated her outfit, you know, how, how does that feel? How would you feel? Right. So using empathy to again, walk in the shoes and um, have them maybe use empathy to solve the problem. All right. So let's say, um, you know, they're making fun of a boy for his sneakers, a young man. And then so, okay, so what can you do to be Juan's friend? So that's another thing, you know, in the bullying and cyberbullying research, the most powerful thing a child can do for another child is to be their friend. 
right? Because when you feel the whole world is abandoning you or crashing on you or making fun of you, one child can make a difference, a big difference in another child's life. That's very powerful. And, and you can do that, you know, via the conduit of empathy. That's very powerful. And of course, you know, what, what, what a thing to be proud of if your child was that child, you know, making that difference. And, and that would show that they really understand the whole concept of empathy. And um, that is very powerful. Like you said, just one, one person, you know, one kid, one friend can make such a difference. I, I love that you said that. Yeah, huge difference. And in my book, we don't have the time here, but I dive into you know, dissecting bullying. So what if your child is a child who is exhibiting bullying behavior? You can use empathy to have that child walk. You know, some of us are mean at one time or another, walk into the shoes of uh, a target child. What if you are being, you know, the, the victim or the target rather of behavior that a child needs to advocate self, advocate for him or herself and be have empathy for oneself, right? So um, it really is a very useful tool for, and for bystanders as well to have them become, to use empathetic uh, action and to advocate to make the right decisions when they're faced with challenges or problems. So important. We're gonna take another quick break. We'll come back and we'll talk to you about a few other things from your book. So we'll take another quick break here from our sponsor. So, Dad, what do you know about saving for college? Enough to be dangerous. Something about the start of the school year, I just get a little freaked out that we're not getting anywhere. Our savings account earns nothing. You had Ohio's 529 plan. Wait, I had one? You did. How are your student loan payments coming? I don't have student loan payments. <laughs> no, you don't. Tax-free, accepted nationwide. See why Ohio's 529 plan is the plan that can at collegeadvantage.com. We are back. So another thing um, you mentioned in your book, and again, you, we'll talk about the book at the end because there, there's with time, you know, we're not going to talk about everything, but it's a great, um, a great, great book. So you mentioned, and you have a lot of activities in there, you know, if parents are thinking, well, you know, I, I need a little help. I need some activities. You have activities that'll build empathy in kids from toddlers to teens. So, you know, if you feel like, like you said, it's never too early to start, but it's also not too late to start either, you know, so that's something I want to mention too. And you do have specific activities in there. I want to talk to you about the importance of active listening and self-compassion. Okay. Thank you for asking about those are two very important concepts and, and with chapters devoted to each active listening. So again, not rocket science that, and we're all busy and we're really stressed and some of many parents working at home, but take, you know, maybe 20 minutes a day. Everybody puts down the phones, of course, at mealtime, of course, you know, remove the media an hour or two before your kids go to sleep, but have these active listening conversations where you are focused on listening without, you don't have to give advice, right? What, you know, what kind of day did you have? Well, blah, 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 blah. You, you know, and this is something that I did not do right with my kids, always there to give advice and tell them what to do. No, no, no. Just, you know, listening, be a friend. Um, there are different uh, ways that you can use your body and role model active listening, leaning in, 
you know, doing different things that the child really knows you're focused on them. I have a, a sad story of a walking into a, a pizza joint and there was a father who travels, a friend of mine travels all over the world, really, really busy. And he doesn't see his family so much. And he was having a lunch out with his son. And don't you know, both of them were on their phones. I was horrified, yeah, you know. I see so, that a lot. You see that all the time when you're out to eat, and right. So it's it's it it doesn't take that much time or effort to realize that you know I'm an empty nester now. You guys, it goes so fast. You know, twenty minutes a day, an empathy break, an active listening break, um, and spend some time you know with your kids. Again, there are active listening tips. Uh, reflections you might reflect back but uh not finger wagging and not uh not disciplining and then your second question miriam was yeah self-compassion oh self-compassion all right so 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 important so you know we finger wag at kids you should do this you should do that and the kids know the right thing to do if a child um is a victim or a child is shy i was very shy when i was young if you don't have the self-compassion skills, which is another word to say self-compassion is self-empathy. We need to build children up that they feel compassionate for themselves. Now, let's throw out self-esteem and push that to the side. This is not self-esteem. This new concept of self-compassion is that you are a worthwhile person. You are a good person. It's okay to make mistakes. It's somewhat aligned with um, Carol Dweck's The Growth Mindset. Expect to make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Learn from your mistakes. You're growing and you're changing so that you can forgive yourself. I mean, as late as 10 years ago, I'm like beating myself up as an adult. No one's taught me. You know, it's okay. Oh, I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have said this. It's okay, right? We all do the best we can make mistakes. So inculcating self-compassion for your kids at a younger age is a, is a wonderful skill to have. So this is the system, the uh, Linozarchy Kidsbridge system, self-compassion, empathy for oneself, and then empathy for others, right? You need to really feel for yourself first, then empathy for others, and then empathetic action that you can now take action and help others. But it really, to my mind, starts, and research bears this out, and empathy, self-empathy, and then empathy for others is job one. I love that. Yeah, the one, two, three step kind of thing. And it does. It makes complete sense. And I really like that it you ended, you know, ends with an action. So yes, we can feel get to that point where we our kids or we feel empathy towards someone else. They may say, like, oh my goodness, you know, this kid is having a hard time, this this kid in class, the other kids seem to pick on, they they feel, you know, oh, that would feel so badly. We really, they can really feel, put themselves in their shoes, which is what we want them to be able to do. But then a lot of times maybe that's where it ends. So I like that yours is like, okay, now what are you going to do about it? Right. So all this empathy, a platform for um, action, other words for so we live in a bystander society where bystanders in school, bystanders as adults, that if we could just build on this foundation that we begin to be upstanders, if you've heard the word upstanders, to stand up and speak out for others built on this solid platform of empathy 
for oneself and others. I love that. I just wrote that down upstanders. Cause I really like that, you know, not bystanders. Yeah. That that's, that's taking it, you know, to the next level, which is so important. And like you said earlier, it goes back to just one kid can make a big difference, a huge difference. So be that upstander, you know, try to have teach your kids to learn empathy, but then also, you know, be that upstander and take action with it when they can. So what the last thing that, that I would like to remind people of is it's never too early to start, right? So bullying in the research says bullying starts at three and racism, this preference for people who look like you and to exclude others starts at three years old. So parents might say, oh, I'll wait till they're six or seven. Please, there there are books about diversity and kindness and respect. It's so much easier, really, to start early that these things, these conversations become automatic to you. So again, um, you know, in the book, I have chapters to start, you know, at the toddler age, you know, like kids, toddlers can help around the house and then going into preschool, elementary, and then older. It's never too early or late to start these conversations, activities. Definitely. Where can we find your book and find out more about you? Well, thank you for asking. So the name of the book is The Empathy Advantage, Coaching Kids to Be Kind, Respectful, and Successful. Um, if they, My name is somewhat challenging, but they, I think if you just Google The Empathy Advantage, the book is available now um, by Roman and Littlefield, the publisher, available at Barnes & Noble, and of course, available uh, via Amazon. Thank you so much, Lynn. Um, it was great talking with you. Could talk a lot longer about this. It's such an important work that you're doing. So I thank you and appreciate all that you're doing for this. And I hope that everyone um, checks out the book. Okay. Well, thanks yeah. for having me today. And everybody stay safe. Yes. Thank you so much. Be well. Thanks, Miriam. This episode is sponsored by Montrose Mazda Kent. They go around the world for you. Before you look, call or stop in and talk to Jeremy. Find out more at MazdaKent.com. This episode is also sponsored by Ohio Tuition Trust, helping Ohioans save for college. Learn more at CollegeAdvantage.com. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at NortheastOhioParent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email me at podcast at NortheastOhioParent.com.